Hi, everyone. I'm Jerry, your host for the Abundantly Curious podcast. So in this week's episode, we are having a guest interview that went completely different than I thought it was going to go. And I'm learning this in my podcasting interviews. Sometimes you go in thinking you're going to talk one thing and you find some other golden nuggets that are just too good to pass up. I invited our guest originally because I met him when I was traveling in Encinitas, California, where he has an energy practice where I went on a retreat and experienced network spinal. And I have to say that it was really powerful, so powerful that after the end of three sessions, I immediately signed up to do this work with our guest and his partner. I will say I gained a lot of personal power, power in my position as a leader, power in how I felt in social situations. Power in trusting myself, power in believing that the outcomes I wanted were available to me. There was so much in accessing that I thought I have got to have him on my show. But in this conversation, we don't talk about Network Spinal much at all. Instead, we dive even deeper to the juicier stuff where we talk about what it means to have access to your power what it means to experience the world from a place of power, and how you can experience from different reference points. Our guest expert talks about the different types of energy, the different ways that you can experience them, and guides us on a really beautiful journey as we discuss what it means to be awakened. This interview was such a welcome, fun surprise, and I know that you are gonna get a lot out of it. Before we dive in, I'd like to welcome you to the Abundantly Curious Podcast, where we aim to spark curiosity, ignite inspiration, and open your mind to expand into possibility. Each week, we'll sit down with experts to dive headfirst into the magical, mysterious, and awe-inspiring elements of our world, with a focus on topics found at the intersection of science, spirituality, and self-help. Make sure you never miss an episode by hitting subscribe now and joining our email list at the link in our show description and show notes. Alan Bittaker is a doctor of chiropractic a certified functional movement and nutrition expert, and an energetic embodiment coach. His awakening path over the last 10 years has led him to become a gifted healer as he supports leaders in accessing their energy and embodying presence, power, and love within business, relationships, and wellness. Alan, thank you so much for being here today. I'm excited for this conversation. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited. To kick us off, could you share a little bit about your journey and your background and how it led us to your work or how it led you to your work? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I, I got a bachelor's in nutrition. And after that, I was uh, doing personal training, functional nutrition with clients at a chiropractic center. And so I didn't grow up with chiropractic in my life, really. But I got recruited by a cool guy who worked at this clinic. And it was a pretty magical place on paper. It's a, a chiropractic clinic with 
Uh, the clinic was embedded within a regular gym, and there was also a chiropractic box in the back. So it was kind of the mecca. Especially, I'm from Ohio, so it seems like there's a little bit of a limitation to what's going on there in the, the health and wellness field. So I found myself working at this place, and I was learning a lot. Uh, I was doing functional rehab with clients as I was also coaching CrossFit and doing nutrition. And I was having a lot of health issues, which was leading me on a spiritual path. So that's when I started reading books like Eckhart Tolle's The Power of Now, uh, a bunch of Wayne, Wayne Dyer books. And, and so it was like kind of just in the introductory introductory phase of that thing and I was having a shitty time at my job, making $11 an hour. I was there for a year and just graduated as a college graduate. And I'm working 50 hours a week. It was just like that. And my friend who I was complaining to was interning there to go to uh, chiropractic school. And so he invited me to go to chiropractic school with him. And I was like... You know, I want to do something more. I want to serve in a bigger way. And I feel pretty limited right now. I think that I was gifted and knowledgeable enough to support people in that way at that time. But it just wasn't a reality. And so I applied for chiropractic school that day. And I got accepted like a week later. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, yeah, Cairo schools are like, oh, more money from the government. Sure, we'll accept you. <laughs> he's, he's got a he's got a pulse. Three months later, I was moving from Ohio to Atlanta, Georgia, and I was embarking on a new journey. And I felt like I had actually found a sense of home in chiropractic school because I was way too weird for Ohio. <laughs> you know, like. Jerry, you've been to Encinitas. You know what kind of people live here? Yes, it's a beautiful place. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's similar vibe of people in chiropractic school mm. where people are like progressively engaging and experimenting with health, wellness, consciousness, just like very exploratory and open. And I felt like I was being in a way ridiculed for that or like, my soul was being sucked of that when I was living in Ohio in certain ways. And yeah, I just wasn't feeling acknowledged at all for who I really was. So Cairo School was a huge blessing in that and meeting people who were really awesome and inspiring to me. So I was really inspired by that. And, you know, it's like the baseline principle, and I'm not sure if I've mentioned this to you, Jerry, but it's around merging man the physical with man the spiritual. And so that art itself has kind of been lost within the chiropractic profession uh, as well, like the founding principle. So I was hooked on that and I was having a hard time finding a technique that felt really in alignment for me that really supported that, you know, that lined up with what it said it was. Mm. And so about a year into school, I had found a technique that's called network spinal 
And uh, it was from my buddy who had just gotten out of a weekend retreat, experiencing a bunch of this care. And there was something so awake about him that I was like, dude, what the fuck is going on with you? Like something's happening. And so he told me about it. And in that moment, I committed to doing it, to experiencing it, receiving that care, to learning about it. And so I was, I just made an internal commitment of uh, putting all of my eggs in that basket. So I committed to that. I started having some pretty rad experiences. Yeah, there's more in there, but here I am. And what was it about network spinal in particular that drew you to it? And what have you discovered about it since that's kept you involved in it? Because I, I want everyone to know at home, I've experienced network spinal with Alan and I didn't know what to expect. I, I had no idea what it was and it blew my mind and I immediately signed up to keep doing it twice a week for the full time that I was mm. local. And it was just so powerful. But even here sitting, I don't fully understand what it is or what the practice is. So I'd love to hear more about mm. what it is and what drew you to it. Totally. What my friend had told me that sucked me in as I was really seeking this spiritual development, it's like spirituality, personal development, and it involves the spine and the nervous system. And I'm like, dope, that's what I'm looking for. And Jerry, hope you're okay with me sharing this, but like I was experiencing you having radical experiences and that was not my experience lying on the table. Uh, it was relaxing. I felt sensation in my body, but I was taking large breaths. I'm like, oh, okay, so I can breathe. Right. And I was a little bit FOMO-y because I was seeing people having these big experiences, mm -hmm. but I was just breathing, you know, like I feel like I'm missing it. I'm so glad now that I went through that phase. They call that a level of discovery of the body and like really just learning how to feel your body and breathe and connect with tension that you're experiencing and breathing into it. I think for anyone at any phase or level, that's a pretty big deal. You know, learning how to become aware of where you're holding tension and learning how to breathe into it, release it. So that was my on the table experience in the beginning. And something I was noticing in my life was that when I would uh, meet someone or see someone, I felt like I would not like crazy psychically know everything about them, but I felt like I knew them beyond what they're presenting. And that felt really exciting and inspiring. Something else that I noticed was that I had dropped a lot of fear of death. Hmm. Wow. Yeah, it was really rad. That was interesting. In terms of what it is, because I heard that inside of your question. Yes. Um, yeah, it's a big question. And so I'll, I'll, I'll just speak into this now. I'm not even calling what I'm doing directly network spinal. So I'm going to speak into more of like network related type energy work. Okay. And in some overarching principles that applies to all of it. 
And so the first one is like the simple body awareness and having the awareness of the body and what and how you're relating to certain aspects. With care like this, we start to find energy richness in someone's body or field or a felt sense of aliveness. And we can start to connect with that and move it through our bodies or move it through our spines. It starts to open us. Sometimes it can radically disrupt the older patterns. Or sometimes that energy, when we open to it, the energy richness, and we learn how to move it through our bodies, it can disrupt the holding patterns or the pain that we're holding on to. And it, it's almost like a wave of energy that can like beat the shit out of whatever is holding on inside and like open it up for it to be felt, seen, heard, experienced. And so that's how I believe uh, is a big opportunity for us to become aware of ourselves because lots of times we're hiding those parts so much that we're not even aware that we're coming from that place. Mm. So really there's identifying uh, where is the energy richness in someone's body or field of energy, uh, teaching them how to connect that, how to connect to it and teaching them how to move it through their bodies. How would someone be able to sense where that energy richness is? Yeah, let's, Let's do it. Let's experiment right now. Okay. So let's close our eyes. Consciousness and awareness is a non-localized phenomena where you can be aware or we can be aware of a non-local experience. So there's like an open awareness, like a floodlight, or there can be more uh, laser-pointed experience of awareness and it can be in the body local or it can be in the field so just freeing some people up of what their expectation of what's possible is um, some people might be limited to believing it's one way or the other and so the question is just scanning your field or your body what feels alive and rich and where is it in your field and by simply placing your awareness on it, it can energize you. There is a phenomena in quantum physics that we call quantum entanglement. And so if we're focusing on this energy-rich point, maybe it's in the field, maybe it's in your heart, and you're also at the same time aware of your body, those two points in space can become quantumly entangled and start to inform and energize each other well so we can open our eyes mm -hmm. that was calming i felt energy in my eyes and my heart oh <laughs> i'm wondering if this touches on the concept that you were just explaining i learned while at your practice feeling your heart Actually, in your body, I found that I had mm -hmm. difficulty doing that and instead transitioning to attempting to feel it in front of your body or moving your hands out from your chest and then being able mm -hmm. to feel it. 
Could you speak to that a little bit? Yeah. In meditation and awakening practices, they talk about levels of mind. And so starting at the ordinary mind level is kind of a condensed ordinary mind of ego-based conceptualization of life, where a lot of our energy and attention is tied up in the mind, right? The next level would be more subtle energy, which would be dropped in and actually being in the direct experience of your body and the sensations of the body. And then there is a, a spaciousness or an awake awareness where we start to basically experience the space beyond our body. Then beyond that, there's more of a non-dual experience of experiencing the space and subtle energy everywhere, right? So it'd be in our bodies or the subtle energy of the room or the subtle energy of your room. Um, I would assess you as more open and developed than you might even know, right? And so like, I would say that there is like this awareness of yourself beyond yourself. And from that awareness, you can actually experience your heart more deeply. Mm. So it sounds like there's different ways to experience the same thing. Totally, totally different reference points. I think experience is the most pure word to use in terms of like, it's a trippy concept. Where are you experiencing from? We usually experience from our brains, we think, but there are so many other different places. So so even if you're experiencing from your brain or your mind, that's the concept. Okay, so like if I'm touching my finger to my thumb, a pure direct experience would be experiencing my thumb touch my finger from my thumb and my finger, Mm. (laughs) right? Yeah. From right here. Yeah. Not from my mind. If I'm experiencing it from my mind, I'm having a concept of the experience. I'm conceptualizing it. Meaning I'm making meaning of the experience. I'm not direct with the experience. Mm. If you look at your hand, you can experience your hand from your hand or you can experience it from your eyes and your mind. And you can with your eyes and your mind, you can even squint your eyes a little bit and objectify your hand as, as like hand. But experiencing it from your hand, there's this like non-conceptual raw sensation experience of hand. So that's, that's moving into the realm of subtle energy and beyond uh, objectification and ordinary mind. And so what is beautiful about this and why it's so essential is if I'm in conversation with you and I'm objectifying you as a thing, right? And you're this way, you're a thing versus like I'm being present with uh, like the experience of you Hmm. beyond, beyond concept. There's so much there. You're talking about the difference in it, the experiencing of the hand. I felt myself go to it and be like, oh, yeah, it's almost like the hand has a little bit of its own perspective. Yes. Yes, absolutely. And even what you were talking about is like experiencing your heart from the field. Awareness is everywhere. And in quantum physics, like everything is connected, 
right? So when I squeeze my finger to my thumb, it's influencing the whole universe everywhere. And so there's this interconnectedness of everything and we're a part of it. We're emerging from it. And so we can experience ourselves from that everything because we are it and it it is us. Sometimes with the introduction of that perspective of of that possibility, like it makes things so much easier. Mm. Two questions in one. What is your view of what an awakening is and how has your awakening shifted what was before and what is now? What is my view of awakening? One of the more generic terms or phrases is it's an ascension and inclusion. There's a thing of being with purity, like an unobstructed lens of reality that uh, feels closer to love versus being entangled in parts or stories and judging experience. So it's like how, you know, how much can I be in my experience and how much can I allow it without judgment and love and accept all of it? And that includes my shit stories that come up or it includes like the pain that I experience. And the more that I allow those to cross wire, uh, the easier things get. And there's more power and more responsibility in that. I think the most powerful uh, currency that we have in this world is our attention. And the more that we have access to our attention through this unobstructed lens, the more power we have access to. You just touched on what I see as two sides of the coin with this. I noticed it within Mm -hmm. myself whenever I started on the path of what I would define as my awakening. There was this great power in moving forward and how much power I had access to. Um, but there was also this deep like uh, grief around realizing the power that I had in the past and what I had created with it and kind of owning my responsibility mm. in a way for some things. Is this something that you've run into yourself or do you have a different perspective on that? Uh, I'm curious what you meant by the power that you've had in the past and what you've created from it. Whenever it comes to my power within myself to determine my interpretation of my reality and to have the exact same things happening on outside of my life and for me to have this whole different world inside of myself and how I'm choosing to uh, live it from a place of maybe more fear-based and anger and deepen my stories versus from a place of love. And I almost went through this grief period where I was like, I... I created, I chose in a way to be um, in this place of like deep sadness uh, to not see. Mm. And then I had to move to this place of love for myself, this past version of self and being like, she was doing the best that she could at the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I hear what you're saying. Um, it's not just you. I can put some context around that now. Through our developmental stages, we can have ruptures or misattunements or lack of safety or challenge within our developmental stages of 
specific needs and those can generate coping mechanisms and the coping mechanisms, or we can call them like parts, protectors, uh, saved our asses and they are really crafty at generating stories to collect evidence in order to play out a certain way of being and they're really seductive and really self-fulfilling <laughs> right it's like whatever you believe is true yeah and so those protectors or parts <clears throat> can generate a, a lot of evidence and we have a, we have a whole history of safety being derived from that place even if it's ruining our lives mm -hmm. <laughs> Even if it's sabotaging all of our relationships. Yeah. And so there needs to be an awakened, unobstructive lens on that with compassion and safety and understanding. And so that's why a lot of like personal development I find doesn't work really well because even if that thing is creating an eating disorder or an addiction or whatever it is, it's a developed safety mechanism. To, to feel safe and fulfilled. So it's like the personal development path of just getting rid of things uh, is really challenging. There's like a lot of resistance with it. Mm. Getting rid of something is not generally coming from a place of self-love. <laughs> so so I'm of the, uh, the interest of instead of releasing or getting rid of, how do we integrate it? Right, because we want to integrate and reorganize based on the information or based on the energy, the experience, mm, the whole, the wholeness of it, the entirety. Yeah, we want to. Yeah. So I mentioned okay. power earlier. I'm interested. What is your take on what power is, and how can we access it within ourselves? Yeah, love that. I think power lies beyond those stories like power lies within the truth of the wholeness and so when someone says something that triggers the part that wants to you know create or manipulate or do whatever uh the trigger is giving the power away to the thing right because it's creating a whole physiological experience i think that power exists within source energy and the magic of the universe. And there's such a organic intelligence that's streaming, that's where the real power is at. And so learning how to connect, develop a relationship with that is, that's where the magic's at for me. And that magic, you mentioned it a little bit before, it feels like modern day science and researchers are just starting to get the tip of the iceberg with it in the world of quantum physics. You mentioned quantum entanglement. Mm -hmm. Are there any other mm -hmm. studies or research in this area that have fascinated you in terms of demystifying the mystical in this area? Yeah. Yeah, I think there's, there's probably quite a few. Uh, a really popular one is... Uh, called Stealing Fire. It's a really fun and cool read. Talks a lot about Burning Man, talks a lot about flow experience. 
another one is power versus force. And I was basically speaking into some of the idea of that book, mm. but there's a lot of research. There's a bunch of experiments in the book that talk about muscle testing and like someone being blindfolded and being held something that's good for them. We'll just say like raw honey. And then in the other hand, I, I don't remember the exact study, but it was basically they're being muscle tested for something like raw honey or cane sugar, right? And they would test strong for the thing that's good for them when they don't even know what it is. So basically it's describing that like we're connected to this truth, mm. whether we know it or not. Those are two big ones that I can think of right now. I've done a lot of studying, but over the last three years since I graduated chiropractic school, I've really let up on reading books. <laughs> like I'm done. <laughs> I learned so well from experience yeah. and uh, more like doing the thing actually at, or having a mentor. That's my learning style. Um, but I want to get better at describing some of this stuff. And when I'm working with someone, it doesn't matter because we're yeah. having an experience and, and that's what's happening. But I've let go of trying to like describe this shit with science yeah I'm like i don't need a paper to tell me that it makes sense for me to feel good or for me to feel a certain way yes uh, i hear that and it, it, i think people like dr joe has realized that i don't know if you would call it the ordinary mind or just like mainstream media it, it has almost mm -hmm. positioned science as like the way to validate lived experiences and say if they're true or not He's realized, okay, this is a way to get people to hook them in, to make them interested in something. And yeah. then you get hooked in and then you have the experience and you realize it's beyond words. It's beyond being described. And I would explain my, or I, I couldn't even explain, I would describe my experience even on your table as something that I can't, it's ineffable. I can't put words to that. Mm -hmm. I had a radical experience. Th things moved through my body I, my mind didn't have to understand. In fact, it worked even better since I let my mind, I allowed it to not have to understand in order to feel yeah. the experience. I just remember afterwards in my very first full day session at your day long retreat, mm. everyone just coming over and picking me up off the table and carrying me to the ground and placing me down because I just, I don't know if I was blissed out or like what I was just like, ah, <laughs> just laying me up and cocooning me with a pillow. And I was like, this is the most beautiful experience ever so oh, that's so sweet I, I just loved that and i don't know if i ever told you this but right after that experience something something shifted in me and i felt it but it wasn't related to anything in the mind it wasn't related to a specific concept it was just within me and i picked up my phone during the break and looked at it and someone had come in just out of nowhere and sent me a sizable lump sum of money through my business <laughs> During, like during the time of that. And my mind was blown yeah. because I knew that it was directly related to whatever had shifted in me on that table. Absolutely. Yeah, that's so awesome. Um, Joe Dispenza does such an amazing job describing this stuff from a scientific perspective. I was thinking when you're sharing of like the experience of liberation that you must have been feeling on the table which the mind can't really comprehend that. And, and lots of times the mind is looking to understand in order to feel safe. And so 
when we start to live life beyond the end results of feeling safe, we don't always need to understand. That is some people's starting points. And, and I experience that a lot with working with people, which is something that I totally honor. Of like, oh, okay, we need to get some architecture in here and start learning about some of these structures. And so we can start to self-identify where we're at and the safety of the structure can support us in moving beyond that or you know allowing the the mental constructs to relax so that we can feel deeper more deeply Mm, i love that Mm -hmm. what is a simple thing someone could do today to tap into their power first thing that someone can do is take a deep breath and acknowledge the miracle. And so acknowledge that there's something greater holding us. Acknowledge that we're not in complete control of our heart pumping or our lungs breathing. Like there's something that's doing that for us. And that's the type of power that we want access to, like be it beyond our personal will, because holding it all sucks. Mm. <laughs> I do it sometimes and it sucks. Yeah. So if we can, if we can relax into the, the greater power that, and like develop a relationship with that and trust in that and work with it, then that's so yeah, breathing and feeling is a really good place to start. Excellent. Thank you for that. I didn't even do the breath and I felt my nervous system relax hearing you talk about doing it. (laughs) (laughs) So we're talking about power and I'm pretty sure you're creating a program around power. Can you share a little bit more about that in your work? Yeah, yeah. So this is something that I've been working on developing a curriculum for for the last eight months. And I'm really excited. So just for perspective and everyone who's listening, I have a wellness practice in Encinitas, California. It's called Center for a New Paradigm. And that is a really cool community of healing. And uh, Jerry's been a part of that. We still are a part of it. I'll be back. So that's something I do and I love something that has been coming through for me is more of like a different style of teaching. I'm oftentimes in the practitioner role and I'm feeling really called to move into the teacher role and to hold a bigger group and to lead experiences. It's something that is an edge for me and that's why I feel like it's it's calling me and the structure on the program that I'm developing is going to be a series of live events, probably four or five live events throughout the year. And those are going to be three-day events where there's going to be some leading and instructing. And then there's going to be a lot of group exercises, group experiences, energetic work. As you have experienced, Jerry, when we're working in a group, there becomes like a, a group field mm. that starts to really sync up and create like this effortless ease for 
liberation and expansion and power. And I would imagine if anyone who's listening has like been to Joe Dispenza events, the unseen starts to become seen, right? And we start to be able to see all the things that are typically not available to us. And then when we're seeing those, like the under architecture for our ways of being, we get to work with it. Mm. And so this is going to be a program for somewhere between 15 and 30 men. I feel like I'm going out on an edge working with men too, which really has me excited because probably 30% of my practice is men. So I have a vast majority of women coming mm. into the practice. And I experience a huge deficit of awakened men in our culture or awakening men who are open to developing themselves beyond the mind, right? And I'm feeling just really called to work with men in that way. Beautiful. If people are interested in exploring and learning more about this, where can they find you and follow you? Instagram is the best place right now. And so on Instagram, I am D-R-A-L-L-E-N-B-I-T-T-A-K-E-R. Great. Dr. Alan Bittaker. Yeah. So anyone can send me a message there. Anyone can check out my content on Instagram. And that is somewhere where I'll be sharing more about this. I always ask our guest if they would leave our audience with one big message. Um, right. What's the message? I'll say this because it, it feels present for me. I was in Costa Rica the last week and a half. And we got home Sunday night and just being back in practice and supporting people yesterday and this morning is creating some perspectives of like the Western conditioned social structures of ways of being. And there's like this uh, intensity to it that's a little bit constricting or, or feels constrictive, right? And mental feel is super thick. And it creates a lot of issues for people, a lot of like self-pressurization, a lot of like intensity and pressure to be a certain way or to have certain accomplishments. And I would just wish for people to like, as much as they can, relax that for a moment and allow themselves to just be mm-hmm. in the moments without the screen, without the phone, without listening to anything and just how much can someone glimpse that mm. and be in real life, you know, without like f- fucking pushing themselves so hard or uh, trying to produce something. It's like just breathing is enough. Mm. Yes. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. And Alan, yeah. thank you so much for being here today and for sharing with us so many thought-provoking but also just you kind of feel it (laughs) messages that you've shared today (laughs) they didn't even have to go through the mind you just feel it so thank you so much for being here today 
You're so welcome. Thanks for having me. If you enjoyed this podcast and want to be kept in the loop on new episodes like it, follow us on Instagram at Abundantly Curious or join the email list at the link in our show description and show notes. And if you've got extra love to give, which we always welcome, please leave us a review on your favorite podcast platform. And remember, when we open our minds, we open to new possibilities.